Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Spell, Shao, Kanpo, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Doraicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Dan, Kenji, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, very special guest, someone I've wanted to have on the show for a long time, who finally came around and asked me if he could come on the show, uh, writer Shea Serrano. <laughs> What's going, going on, dude? dude? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking pumped. As I mentioned to you when I reached out, uh, I do a great deal of podcasts. But this is like the only one I've asked to do that didn't have anything to do with work. I was just like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> he talks about Mortal Kombat for an hour. Like, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I sure do. And by the end of it, it'll have been many, many, many hours. <laughs> uh, before we like get into stuff, we had talked a little bit about your background with Mortal Kombat. But you played like the first three games and then kind of dipped out, right? Yeah. Have you continued to play beyond that? I- I've played the. I- I've played every mortal Kombat game that has come out but the 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 ones where i played them and just was like absolutely in love like they were a major part of my life were the 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 first three well i guess technically the first four because it was mortal Kombat, then two then three then ultimate those are the those are the ones that was like i like you're gonna go to the arcade and you're gonna play these against other people it was like a fucking great time what was the arcade that you went to to play mortal Kombat? So there are a there are a couple that we would go to in San Antonio. It was my uncle. My uncle Brian is the one who introduced me to this game. You know, everybody like I, I was I was maybe in sixth grade or something like that, seventh grade when all this stuff was happening. So you need the like cooler older person to show you all of the cool stuff. And mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, you like video games? Like check this one out. They like this is better than Street Fighter because you can rip the guy's head off." And I was like, "There's <laughs> no way." There's no way they let you do that. And he took me He took me to this arcade. I lived in San Antonio at the time. Uh, it was a little tiny arcade called Robotar in the mall. Robotar? Robotar. And like a guitar ha- or like robotic tar? Like, like, a, like a robotic guitar, I would Hell guess. Yeah. <laughs> or like some sort of, like a, like a fancy robot name. But uh, it, was in, it, it was in the mall and you walked in and they had two Mortal Kombat machines set up. Uh, right next to each other, and everybody was just fucking crowded around up at this point, putting their quarters up there. And it was like the best place I've, I had ever been in my life. I was just so fucking excited to see other kids who were pumped about a video game, and I watched them play. And this was the very first Mortal Kombat, and I like, you know, I got in, I put my quarter up there, and I just got destroyed. And all I wanted to do was keep trying and, and keep playing. And then and then eventually they made it like a home version for the, I had the Sega, the, the Sega Genesis version. Oh yeah, my uncle, my uncle had the Sega, and we started playing that. And you had to like at the time pay 
to call. You had to call a number to get a code to like activate <laughs> the blood or whatever. And then Mortal Kombat 2 came and Mortal Kombat 2 is probably my favorite video game of all time. At this point, I was a little bit older. I had like a history with the game. I was I was excited about a sequel. Um, all of the new characters in there I thought were out, were like outrageous and perfect. And it was just it's so much fucking fun. Truly. Now, were you into the story? Did you have any interest in the story? Was it really about like the gameplay? for you like were you were you one of those people that was like who's Shao Kahn I gotta figure this fucking dude out like what's our world yeah I needed to know all of that stuff every Hell single yeah. little part of this game I wanted to know like there, you know how they would do the thing where if you don't play the machine if you just like let it sit little story panels will pop up and give you like some information like oh, I, yeah. I just I just want to stand there and, and watch that or when like that was like the whole reason for me to try to beat the game because they would give you a story at the end and right. I was like, well, fuck, now I, now I got to learn how to play with, like, Kano because I need to see what his story, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I oh, wanted man. to chase. Then you came I, to the right place. <laughs> I, wanted to cha- I wanted to chase down all of that information that, that I could get. How old were you when you were playing these games? So I was, when, when the first Mortal Kombat <clears throat> came out, I think I was only, like, uh, probably three years old. But it was, it was MK3. <laughs> It was MK3 that I really got into. Um, uh-huh. It took me a, lo- a long time to understand what the difference was between regular Mortal Kombat 3 and Ultimate because I think I was like eight. And for me, it was just like, that's the coolest arcade cabinet I've ever seen. Right. I want to know more about those characters. And I didn't have a lot of like money growing up, so I'd run out of quarters within like five seconds of getting uh-huh. to like Bigfoot's Arcade in South Florida or uh, probably Galaxy Skateway was the other place where I'd play Mortal Kombat. And uh, I would run out of quarters immediately and just stand there reading the like character profiles as they went by because i was yeah. shit i was shit at mortal kombat i still yeah. am yeah. cannot remember the like combos <laughs> long enough to ever get good at any combo so for me it was just like uh soaking in that story and then staying obsessed with it for ever for, it just, there's just <laughs> yeah. something about it that gets in your bones like you're you play a thing i i can remember very clearly playing it and being like i have never in my life seen anything like this this is the coolest thing i had ever seen and it seemed like everything that they released afterward was also cool i remember the commercial when they made the home version and it was just like like the city and some kids and they're just screaming mortal Kombat!" and everybody's running through the streets and shit like like a mortal monday ad mortal monday that's exactly what it was yes i was so i was so fucking pumped about it um i ended up you know the arcade one up they, they ended up making like the smaller versions of, yeah. the, of all the cabinets uh i saw the mortal kombat 2 I, I have two of them i have one at my office and one at my house so that my <laughs> kids can play because i don't want legit. the kids to like mess up on, yeah i got, got that i went on like i went on ebay i ordered the like remember they used to make the strategy guides for a, a oh, long yeah. time ago for the game i started ordering all that shit like i used I to like read those it. strategy guides like they were a magazine <laughs> exactly exactly I just, i'm like I looking just like through read all. every page yeah i need yeah i i need it dude the the uh so a couple of months ago or i guess at the end of last year october of last year i put this uh i released a new book it's called movies and other things yeah and and so like i kept ha- i kept having to do all of these like press interviews or whatever and they would always talk you know they were asking me questions about movies and this and that and they would always ask you know what was like the f- What's your first big movie theater experience? And I think because at this point I've like written a few books and I've been on the bestseller list, I think people sort of anticipate me to be a little like more sophisticated or smarter than I actually am. So I don't know what answer they it's were a repertory expecting. Repertory screening of Citizen Kane. 
Well, yeah, stuff like that, right? <laughs> like, I think that's what that's the like conversation they're expecting for us sure. to have. And I was like, oh, dude, the most important movie moment of my life was when Mortal Kombat came out at the Fuck movie yeah. theater, and I, and I went and saw it. And like specifically, the scene where they introduce where Shang Tsung introduces Sub Zero and and Scorpion. And oh, he's yeah. like the, the deadliest of enemies, but under my control, like whatever. I was so fucking fired up. Like I just, I love this. I love this video game so much, so yeah. much. Have you have you played much Mortal Kombat 11 yet? Yeah. So okay. I was yeah, gonna so, say, like you know, they brought back the actor who played Shang Tsung, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so the I have three kids. You mm-hmm. ha- you have one coming. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's gonna be terrible. You're gonna hate it. Can't wait. Unt- until until they like. Are you, do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? A girl, yeah. Okay, so until she gets, I don't know, like seven or eight, and then she's like a person, a and, then it's, and, <laughs> and then it's fun, and then it's fun. Yeah. But so I have, uh, I have a seven-year-old son, and then t- twin thirteen-year-old sons, and the the twins they play Mortal Kombat Eleven. They got the new one. Me yeah, and yeah. the me and Park, me and the younger one, we play the on the cabinet. So it's like one, two, and ultimate. Uh, but yeah, the the newer ones that it's so it's that's way more complicated. First of all, um, it's just harder, and they're the twins are already better than me at the new one, so I don't like to play it sure. very much. Like I assumed like I was, I assumed I was going to be good at it, and one of the boys <laughs> was like, "Daddy, you want to play Mortal Kombat?" And I was like, "Fucking, of course I do. Let's go!" And I like log on, <laughs> and there's. 60 characters or however many it is and i'm like where's where's sub-zero cop in there now yeah (laughs) i'm like oh cool sub-zero my guy and he picks kung lao and i'm like i'm gonna fucking crush you kung lao are you serious and then as soon as the game starts he hits me like a 32 hit combo and i'm just christ i'm just instantly mad (laughs) i'm like you know what we're gonna go play Mortal Kombat two after this because I can't I can't handle this. Yeah, uh, Sub Zero's also my guy. He's the one where I can always understand how to play him. Anyone else? I'm like I don't know. It's really cool. It's really fun to look at. But Sub Zero, at least I can remember like some combos and understand how to use his special powers. As as the games like changed through the first three or four specifically, I was like picking different characters based on like how to play like in the first one, although I, I wanted uh, scorpion cause I figured out the spear real quick. Like somebody showed it to me and then it was easy to just like back, back low punch or whatever. Right. And then I was like, I'm just fucking going to throw 60 spears at you this whole match. <laughs> Good luck. And then when, uh, when part two came, then I became like a sub zero guy cause he had the different freeze moves that I thought were really cool. Sure. Uh, and until I went to Robotar and then I played this kid who, uh, who's like a teenager and he was using Melina and he like uh, this was yeah. this was before before they like had actual built-in combos, but he figured out like you could basically juggle a person. Uh, so it was like you drop out of the sky, you hit them. As they stumble oh, back, yeah. you do like the roll thing, you knock them in the air. Like it was a, whatever. Yeah. I could I couldn't Spamming touch him. I was uppercut. like, I became a like Melina person after that. Part <laughs> three part three came, and that's when they introduced the run button. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, Cabal was my guy because you could do that fast run. They start spinning. Yeah. And then it was like a seven-hit combo that took away a ton of energy, but it was super easy. And then when they updated it, Ultimate 3, I think they realized that that combo was too easy for that much power to be taken away. So they, like, mm. cut it in half, and I had to go back <laughs> to Sub-Zero because his was whatever. But, yeah, like, each one, you got to figure out a different person. I just need to figure out who yeah. my guy is in, in 11, and, and I'm good. You know, I, I've never been, like, a Liu Kang guy ever, but in 11, that's, that's the Liu character Kang is, I play Liu as Kang is most. tough. He's, Luke, he's good. He's fast, 
And uh, when you get the like fire god Liu Kang costume, he looks the coolest. I don't. So like in the early games when you like pick your player and you're doing arcade mode and you yeah. like go down the side of the mountain or the, the, the like shows you oh, who like you're ladder, going to be fighting. Yeah. Like I, I hate to see Liu Kang anywhere near the top because they get a little bit harder as you go up. I'm like, yeah. please, if if Liu Kang is in this list, let him be him and, and Katana. Put them somewhere near the bottom because if they're up at the top, I'm fucking stuck. I can't beat them. You're done. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> oh man, well, you're coming at it with some great history. I'm curious uh, how much of this will be will be new for you. I'm hoping a lot because this is a character we're talking about today that does not get. Um, well, he's never really had his due because he's kind of been treated like a one-off character. Uh, and a lot of his lore and stuff has come out of like ancillary material like tie-in comic books and, and stuff like that. We're talking about mm-hmm. Shinnok today, the big bad of Mortal Kombat 4, because we're kicking off the fourth season of Mortal Podcast where we're talking about the characters introduced in Mortal Kombat 4. Now, I am curious, because you were like an MK guy around the time that Mortal Kombat 4 came out, what do you think about that game? Like the transition to 3D... Um, a lot of people hated on Mortal Kombat Four like right away when it came out. Like immediately, you... I was yeah. I was I was in that group. I was like, hell yeah. no, this is terrible. <laughs> why am I Why am I not running left to right anymore? Why do I got to do all this other stuff? It was like yeah, a whole new sidestepping. Yeah, like what the hell was that? Yeah, I was not I was not a a big fan of Mortal Kombat Four until I like started to figure it out, and then oh yeah. okay, this is like kind of cool. It's like slower and more like floaty too, which I think was probably just because it went to 3D and it had to be. But now, when I ever I do play Mortal Kombat 4, or look back at stuff from it, it feels almost like a Wuxia Kung Fu movie because mm-hmm. everything is so like aerial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't I I didn't I didn't care for it when it when it popped up. I was like, nah, no thanks. Let me go back to three. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna try to redeem it this season. <laughs> um. So every season of Mortal Podcast so far. Uh, based on all of the characters that are introduced, we've had a, a sort of theme that ties them together that's given us a prompt to ask our guests before we dive into the backstory of the character. And uh, while there have been kind of softball questions before season two, all the characters were tied uh, by their friendships, who they were friends with. That's what drew them into the conflict. And so the question that I asked my guests was, how did we become friends? Let's talk about it. In season three, it was all about rebirth. We were looking for guests' uh, reinvention stories. When I was looking at the characters introduced in Mortal Kombat 4, it was a lot harder to see what tied them together. Uh, and then I realized that it's, uh, they are all either betrayers or people who've been betrayed. So fuck it. We're going hard with the prompt this season. Oh, Shay, yes. has yes. there been a time in your life when you've been betrayed? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. I, could think, I could think of several examples in my life we, is, is that what we're going to talk about right yeah now? let's t- let's just pick a, let's just pick oh, a little story shit. and let's talk about it all right all right what comes me... up what comes to mind first <laughs> the what very cuts the deepest <laughs> this this is what cuts the 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 deepest this is I, I, as soon as you said the word betrayed i know exactly what, <laughs> what, i knew exactly what i was going to talk about and this is ninth grade so this is still like mortal kombat time mortal kombat sure. nba jam this was like oh, what i was the, what the I was golden doing. era so i uh Ninth grade was like the first time I had like an actual real girlfriend. Like you have girlfriends in middle school, but you only see them like at school and yeah, you don't really talk to You don't do hand them. stuff. Y- yeah, it's like whatever. Like we might hold <laughs> hands for like as we walk down the hallway for 10 seconds and then I'll see you like in three sure. days. But in ninth grade, it was like where you talk on the phone, you go to the movies, you do whatever. And so I, that was like the first time I had a real girlfriend. And we weren't date. We didn't date very long. We did like a month, maybe. But mm-hmm. we were dating for a month. I got in, uh, I got in a, 
a lot of trouble at home because I like did some bad stuff and I got grounded. And like as soon as I got grounded, I told this girl like, hey, I, at school, like I'm going to be grounded for like a couple of weeks. We're not going to be able to talk on the phone or whatever. She was like, oh, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And like two days later, this was a, a Saturday, I get a phone call. She calls my house and I answer it. And I'm like, hello. And she's like, hey, it's your girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And she's like, hey, we need to break up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, in this, in this like two day stretch, wow. she, she found another boyfriend and they went, listen, listen, but they went to the zoo and they, she cheated on me at the zoo. She like made out with this guy at the zoo. She just like, while you guys were still together, went on what was objectively a date to the it was zoo. A, it was a hundred percent a date to the yeah. zoo with this guy. Now, wow. Now in, in fairness to her, I want to make sure that this is clear. The guy that she went with, she absolutely should have gone with this guy. He was cooler than me. He was taller than me. He was more handsome than me. He okay. was more he was more popular than me. Like, this is like a situation where you make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred times. She made the <laughs> she one hundred percent made the right decision when she did this. But this was the first time I can really remember. I didn't know like I didn't know how to react when she said I cheated on you at the zoo with this guy and and I knew the guy. Ooh. And I was like, I just felt like I just felt like my soul was on fire and also like ice at the same time. And sure. As if you'd been attacked by both Scorpion and Sub-Zero. At the exact same Got time. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm like that's... waiting for the turnaround where you're like, and his name was Matt Damon. <laughs> I feel like we're <laughs> no, not. No. It was. Yeah. It was just another. I guess geographically it wouldn't really check out. It yeah. was just a kid who lived on my block a couple houses right. up from me that we all sort of looked up to because he was older and cooler. Right. And, but has and he then, ever been on the New York times bestseller list? I don't know. I would assume yes, just <laughs> oh, because okay. of, just because yeah. of the way he lived his life. He's probably right. wi wildly successful. Sure. Um, but that was like the first real betrayal of my life. It hurt so bad. That's brutal. Oh, did she tell you like which animal they were standing in front of when they she were like, did making not. out? Okay. She did not. I but when you pictured it in your mind's eye, what did you see? <laughs> <laughs> when I pictured it, when I pictured this happening at the San Antonio Zoo, there were two options I thought of. Number one is if you if you're being tasteful about this, if you, if this is like a romantic time, you go where they have it's like an indoor section where they have all of the fish aquariums. Mm -hmm. It doesn't smell terrible in there. Right. It's air conditioned. Like this is San Antonio. San Antonio is hot. Um, it's like dimly lit. It's dark in there. Like that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is like right in front of the fucking gorillas or something like that. Like, right. I yeah. think it was one of those two. I do not know. That feels like bullying to do it in front of the gorillas. It so was a yeah, hundred. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it was the fish. Cause I don't think they're going to get much out of it. I don't think they're even going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, that's a great betrayal story. Endlessly relatable. I'm going to imagine for anybody listening to the show. And thank you, uh, Shay for sharing. We have all been cheated on at some point. Yeah, it sucks. It, it sucks. does. And it's almost always high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that said, let's talk about one of the great betrayers of Mortal Kombat history, Shinnok, the fallen elder god. He is basically, as I've said many times on the show before, the Lucifer of Mortal Kombat, uh, which becomes all the more interesting when we find out in a little bit that he met uh, the actual Lucifer, who apparently exists in Mortal Kombat. I don't know. We're going to unpack that when we get to it. But first, to understand who Shinnok is, you may know some of this already, Shay, but uh, I, I find that <clears throat> even the people who are the biggest diehard Mortal Kombat fans don't, uh, don't know the sort of creation myth 
of Mortal Kombat. So I'll share with you the gist. It's going to help you understand who Shinnok is. So at the very beginning of time, there was the one being, this giant celestial being. We will never be able to understand like what the one being is bigger than any concept of God. It was just the one being. The one being was bored in endless space and said, "Uh, I want to make some stuff. So the one being creates the elder gods. And also creates this group called the Titans that don't really have anything to do with Shinnok uh, until much later on. But just remember, he also made the Titans. I don't know why. Titans existed. Makes the Titans, makes the Elder Gods, and says, hey, let's like create life. Let's create uh, time and space, and, and let's make some stuff. It's going to be fun. And the Elder Gods immediately decide, fuck that. We don't want to have a boss. Instead, we're going to cut the one being up into billions of pieces. And then turn those pieces into various dimensions, which we'll call realms. And uh, then we can rule over that stuff instead. So the Elder Gods basically cut uh, God up into a million pieces with these weapons called Kamidoku Daggers. And created the realms as we know them. So Earth Realm, which is where we live. Uh, Outworld, which is like a desolate wasteland dimension. Edenia, which is like this beautiful uh, Eden dimension the nether realm which is a dimension that's basically hell um and so that's like the creation myth of mortal Kombat: is that all of these realms are actually pieces of one like godlike being that was betrayed by the pantheon of god children he created um and hacked up into all these realms and so the reason the mortal Kombat tournament exists in mortal Kombat. <laughs> is that over time, of course, these realms would try to conquer each other as, you know, mankind or monster kind is always want to do, always want to conquer, expand your empire. But in, like, the grand scheme of things, that was the one being wanting to pull itself back together again, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a really heady concept. It's like saying all the great conquerors, like Attila the Hun, Alexander the Great, didn't realize it, but they were being influenced because they are but a glint in the one being's eye. And right. we're all just part of the one being's brain trying to pull it back together again. Yeah. Um, so the elder gods were like, obviously, there's one really easy way to keep the one being from uh, reforming. And that is to create a fighting tournament called the Mortal Kombat Tournament. I and if it. these if these realms want to merge, they just got to beat each other in 10 fighting tournaments in a row. Um, <laughs> so that's what they did. That's what Mortal Kombat is. Shinnok was one of those elder gods who created those rules. And then they made all these little like sub gods like Raiden. They put one in each of these realms and they said, okay, you guys are going to train up the warriors in each of these realms. And if ever a Mortal Kombat tournament happens, you're kind of like their trainer. You're like the wrestling promoter. You're the person pulling the team together and uh, telling them what to do. So here's where Shinnok's story kind of branches off. He decides... Uh, I don't want to, like, sit up in this, like, pantheon just, like, watching people uh, live their lives in these realms. I want to go down to ground level and conquer people and rule over them because I'm evil, and that sounds fucking fun. I respect it. Yeah. I mean, look, who among us wouldn't, if we had the opportunity, conquer an entire species? Um, so so fast. So, so fast. Quickly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... He decides to do that. Um, The only problem is the Elder Gods physically cannot come down to our mortal realm. So he has to like come up with this. He basically designs this weird uh, amulet that allows him to weaken the dimensional bonds and drop down to Earth. And so he comes down to Earth 
He tries to conquer people. Uh, Raiden shows up and is like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Yeah. They literally get into like a fist fight on like the streets of Manhattan. Or no, actually, specifically, it's funny. This has actually been clocked exactly when this was. This was during like pre-Cretaceous era when dinosaur people were the first race that developed on Earth. In Mortal Kombat lore, the dinosaurs were not wiped out by a meteor. They were wiped out by this civil war and they evolved into like a humanoid species by then which is what uh reptile is if you know okay. reptile yeah he's one of the I, first I was, earthlings <laughs> yeah that's what i was that's what i was gonna ask that's my guy from mortal kombat 2 oh yeah yeah so by mortal kombat lore he was just like a dinosaur that evolved into like a dude and then uh they are just hanging out in their dinosaur city when all of a sudden these two gods start fighting uh, and that turns into a whole civil war where some of the Elder Gods support what Shinnok's doing. Some of them don't. There's a massive celestial war. The Saurians literally have to leave Earth, so Earth's, like, native species just leaves to another dimension <laughs> to be safe. <laughs> and um, ultimately, Raiden manages to defeat Shinnok in this fight and banish him to the absolute shittiest realm, the Nether Realm, which is basically hell. Uh, and there he is tortured forever by Lucifer, who, uh, so this has like been a big point of contention among Mortal Kombat people, but the clearest answer seems to be that Lucifer was the god assigned to protect the nether realm. So like Lucifer in hell, like his job by Mortal Kombat rules was that he was supposed to like find demons and be like, cool, you're the chosen warrior of hell. You're like another chosen warrior. You're like the Liu Kang of hell. You're like the Katana of hell. And like, guys, circle up. We're going to talk strategy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. which is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, so Shinnok's being tortured by Lucifer. Thousands of years pass. He's really pissed. And eventually he meets this young necromancer, this guy named Quan Chi, who rules. I know Quan Chi. Chi. I know Quan Chi. Maybe, maybe my favorite Mortal Kombat character. He's just got all that really? green magic. He can create bats and stuff. He's just so cool. And he's also just a complete piece of shit. Unrelentingly. There's nobody <laughs> he has not betrayed or double-crossed i'm excited to get to his episode one of these days <laughs> but uh so shinnok meets this young ambitious necromancer and remember like because the nether realm is a dimension in mortal Kombat, like there are just people who are there's just like a race of people who just like grow up in hell and just like live there just like have nine to fives <laughs> just okay. live in like a horrible burning empire uh and so shinnok says to quan chi hey man i could use your help I want to overthrow Lucifer and take over the Nether Realm, and if you help me do that, because I can tell you're a powerful sorcerer, my man, uh, I'll give you like a ton of power. I'll make you like my arch uh, sorcerer, which uh, is a job title that I just made up. And Quan Chi says, "Yeah, dude, I'm totally in. Let's do this." So, uh, in exchange for power, Quan Chi helps murder Lucifer. Shinnok is freed from his bonds. Shinnok conquers the Nether Realm. Quan Chi becomes his arch sorcerer, which again is is his canon title, uh, which is great. They could have gone with like vice president or like chancellor. They were like arch sorcerer. <laughs> Do they 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 kill the devil? They kill. They fully murder the devil. Yeah. They, how like, do they how do they kill him? I imagine they slit his throat, but that is completely conjecture. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't. They don't specifically say. They didn't okay. get into it. They are just like, Quan Chi and Shinnok did it. So, I mean, if you really want to get into it, I think, like, Quan Chi, he's usually got those two swords that he keeps slung across his back. He's also really good at conjuring, like, little 
familiars. So maybe he like made a little bat monster that distracted Lucifer, and then he kind of just like shanked him from behind, just like bat bat bat, you know. So in this in this situation, mm-hmm. if they kill the devil, mm-hmm. is the is is the world good now? Like, isn't isn't the devil like responsible <laughs> for all of the bad things or like so, placing those temptations? Here's my theory on that because it gets very hazy what the deal is because they they go out of the way to say like well the nether realm is hell but that doesn't mean like good people go to heaven bad people go to hell it just means it's another dimension so from my perspective like somewhere early in human history uh so from my perspective in mortal Kombat, there's no jesus that whole that whole thing is is uh not part of it um but part of christianity being created the bible being written all of that is that at some point, some human got a glimpse of the nether realm somehow and said, oh God, there's a place that's so horrible, it's where you go if you're a bad person when you die. And there's a guy named Lucifer who runs it. And so, in my, from my perspective, in Mortal Kombat, the Bible was written starting with only having confirmation that hell and Lucifer exist. They just made up the other part. Building off of that, yeah. Because okay. that part's subjectively true in Mortal Kombat. But I will say, so, like, people's souls do often up, wind up in the Nether Realm after they die in Mortal Kombat lore. Mm-hmm. So I think there must have been a deal brokered at some point between Earth Realm and the Nether Realm where certain souls could be bought uh, and sent to the Nether Realm. Because there are also a few points where sorcerers like Quan Chi. Uh, make deals with people in Outworld or in Earthrealm to say like, hey, every soul that gets lost in this battle will come down to the Nether Realm and belong to me. And people are like, okay, deal. So I, I guess souls are like a form of currency. You just kind of have to hope that nobody sells yours before you die. Do- <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking moral pawn shop. Do yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think what should happen is like, and whatever the next update is for Mortal Kombat 11. We open. should get we should get a we should get a Jesus character in here just to like fuck it up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I would like to see yeah Jesus Christ. They're like no, you see heaven is a dimension. If you if, Jesus if, was the God created to, to use warriors. Yeah, if we can if you can put Leatherface in there, you could put Jesus in there. Yeah, I think I, I think. agree. Look, I I'm on your that. side on this. I agree. Yeah. How do you? How do you? So you mentioned Quan Chi is one of your maybe your all time favorite character. Yeah. I feel a little, I feel a little differently about the characters who use magic, like like right. super powerful magic. To me, that doesn't seem like a fair matchup. If you've got the guys who killed the devil, and right. and, and, <laughs> and 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 now Johnny Cage has to fight that. Like just this guy who's good at karate suddenly right. has to. I don't know. It doesn't seem fair. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's put a pin in that because it's funny you bring up Johnny Cage. Ultimately, so t- two things on that. Ultimately, they did find an answer to how uh, how Johnny Cage could fight someone like Shinnok, which is really goofy and really funny. Um, but also, I think for me, the reason that I like the magic characters is like, oh, I'm not good at Mortal Kombat. So I like the guys who have an advantage. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I'm like, sense. listen, if I'm armed with magic, I can compete with the dude who's very, very fast with nunchucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I suppose that's fair. Psychologically, that's probably what was going on for me when I was like, who looks like they would win? Who's the biggest guy in the yard? 
<laughs> yeah. That's right. the guy that I need to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, Johnny Cage, he's going to come up in a bit. He's a big part of Shinnok's story uh, that does have an interesting answer to that question, which is goofy right. and very classic Mortal Kombat. Well, let's keep it um, moving. I'm ready. Let's keep it moving. So, so Shinnok and Quan Chi murder Lucifer. Lucifer's dead. Shinnok takes over the Netherrealm, and immediately he realizes, like, all right, first things first. I need uh, my amulet. If I don't have my amulet, I'm not going to be able to get to Earth Realm and to the other realms that I want to conquer so I can have my revenge and kill all the Elder Gods. Mm-hmm. So he says, Quan Chi, hook me up, find my amulet. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to all the demons of the Nether Realm, get like a nice dark army together. And uh, once you find the amulet, we can strike. We can, we can flood uh, the realms with uh, an army of demons. So Quan Chi goes to Earth. And he hires uh, a ninja named Sub-Zero and says, it. oh, yeah. And this is, uh, to be clear, Sub-Zero number one, Bihan. Mm-hmm. And this is specifically the story of uh, Mortal Kombat mythology, Sub-Zero, one of the most maligned games in the franchise. That was like that adventure game that came out like right before yeah. MK4. Yeah. I remember. Did you play it? I did. I played it. Is that, is that <laughs> the one that had, the, the, that had chess in it? No, that was Mortal Kombat Deception, which I loved that game. I loved Mortal, Mortal Chess. No, uh, MK Mythologies was the one that was like half live action cutscenes. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. With yeah. like really low budget. And then half um, like side scroller, like platformer action adventure yeah, stuff. I, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Very weird game. Almost yeah. impossible to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. So that's the plot of that game. Quan Chi hires Sub-Zero and says, like, hey, I need you to find this amulet. I have deduced that Raiden hid it away in a temple guarded by four elemental gods. I want you to do your ninja thing. Get in there and steal it for me. And Sub-Zero's like, you got it. Whoever pays me the most, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So Sub-Zero goes. He gets the amulet. He brings it back to Quan Chi. And then ultimately he gets killed and winds up in the Nether Realm. right around the time that Shinnok is forming his cult called the Brotherhood of Shadow. And so he he gets all these demons in on the Brotherhood of Shadow. He uh, takes Bihan and turns him into a new character, this guy Noob Saibot, who will be Shinnok's like um, fanatical spy character. Um, he also uh, manages to draw in this like bug lady named Devora, who will come up later, who lives in Outworld, uh, and an Edenian named Tanya who is sick of uh, the rulers of Edenia and wants new leadership. Um, so he's kind of got agents, Shinnok has, all in all these different realms uh, mm-hmm. that all have fallen to his demonic rule. And he's got his demon army, and now he's got his amulet from Quan Chi. And so he's, like, ready to strike. And that's when he finds out that this guy named Shao Kahn, who is the god of Outworld, has decided he wants to conquer Out- uh, Earthrealm, and he wants to conquer all of the realms. And uh, Shinnok sees an opportunity here. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to let Shao Kahn do his thing for exactly three Mortal Kombat games. And then, uh, you know, when he loses and Earth is weakened, that's my time to strike. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Shinnok waits it out. Like, he watches Shao Kahn spend hundreds of years trying to take down Earth Realm. He conquers Edenia. He conquers Reptiles Realm. He conquers all these realms, Vampire Realm, um, weakening the bonds of all these realms. And then he... He takes down uh, Earthrealm almost. He almost gets there, and then he doesn't. And then with Shinnok's help, he invades Earthrealm, which is the plot of Mortal Kombat 3. 
uh, and then he loses again because it's this one warrior, Liu Kang, who's really strong. Shinnok doesn't give a shit. He's like, great, Shao Kahn's been defeated. Earthrealm has been weakened. They're complacent. Now is my time to strike. Fanatical cult, Brotherhood of Shadow, it's time to move. Let's do this. So, Shinnok uh, says, it's Shinnok time, baby, let's go. He <laughs> contacts <laughs> he contacts his agent, Tanya and Edenya, and they enact a really goofy plan. Tanya, who has recently been made the ambassador, or sorry, she's the daughter of like the ambassador to New Realms for the new leadership of Edenia, which is like Katana and her mom, Sindel. Um, she says, okay, I'm, uh, she walks up to Sindel and she says, hey, I, I met this new refugee from another realm. He wants Edenia's help. Would you be willing to meet him? And Sindel's like, yeah, sure. And it's Quan Chi in a robe who makes up some goofy story where he, he says some clearly made up words. He's like, yeah, I'm from the realm of Gibblegob. And uh, the dark sorcerer Shao Dong uh, tried to conquer us, so I need your help. And Sindel's like, of course I'll help you. And as soon as Quan Chi gets close, he opens up a portal. A bunch of demons pour out. The demons conquer Edenia. Shinnok explodes into the world of Edenia, and now he's ready to wage his war again and conquer the realms. He's finally got his opportunity to do so. And that's what he does. He takes over Adenia's army. He imprisons Katana and Sindel. He slays most of the Adenians, and then he heads for Earth. Raiden finds out about this, rounds up his buddies, and says, we have to stop Shinnok. And honestly, Shinnok just immediately trips over his dick and completely botches this entire operation. <laughs> uh, Quan Chi gets driven into the nether realm by Scorpion, who finds out that like uh, Quan Chi is the orchestrator of like every bad thing that's ever happened in Scorpion's life. It's a whole thing. Doesn't matter. Point is, Quan Chi's taken off the board. Uh, Tanya gets defeated. Reptile, who has decided to work with Shinnok, gets defeated. All of Shinnok's dudes get killed in some way. And then he goes to fight Liu Kang uh, in like the final battle for the fate of Earth and the fate of all of the Elder Gods. And he tries to use his amulet on Liu Kang only to realize Quan Chi betrayed him years ago. He gave him a fake amulet. Should've he kept the real comment. amulet for himself. Yeah, and to make matters worse, Quan Chi's gone now, so he can't even mm -hmm. get it back. And so Liu Kang just beats the ever-loving shit out of this fallen Elder God who he should not be able to take on in hand-to-hand -hand combat. But Shinnok made mistakes, trusted the wrong dudes. Um, probably shouldn't have trusted a power-hungry necromancer in the first place. I just think, like, generally don't hire necromancers yeah, is, like, a rule. A, that's a good hiring uh, practice <laughs> is to not yeah. do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he gets his ass beat. He gets sent back to the nether realm, and he feels like a real idiot. He blew his one shot. And so for years, Shinnok hangs out in the nether realm, moping around, Quan Chi is down there kind of hiding from Shinnok because he knows that Shinnok's going to be pissed at him. And uh, it's a huge bummer. Shinnok doesn't know what to do. And then he sees another opportunity arise. He hears that uh, there is a prophecy, a prophecy of Armageddon that may be an opportunity for him to not just get revenge on the Elder Gods, not just conquer the realms, but take on the power of the one being himself. Dun, 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 dun. So, Shinnok has this whole plan, right? Part of the prophecy is there's like a Cain and Abel story where uh, these two guys named Taven and Dagon, because this game came out in like 2005, um, they, <laughs> they uh, are these long cryogenically frozen brothers who once unfrozen will head to this pyramid in Edenia, 
defeat an elemental being made of fire named blaze and uh whoever defeats blaze will basically become the one being and so as soon as shinnok finds out about this he's like all right well obviously i need to get up on top of that pyramid and i need to defeat that fire elemental instead i need to become the one being and uh so shinnok tries to pull some strings he teams up with dagon uh then he sees taven fighting and is like maybe i made a mistake and i should have gone with the other guy taven <laughs> um and ultimately it doesn't matter because there's a massive war at the base of this pyramid uh to see who can get to the top shinnok shows up at that fight thinking i'm an elder god obviously i'm gonna at least get like near the top of this pyramid mm-hmm. uh but straight up at the base of this pyramid raiden like electrocutes him with a bolt of lightning and shinnok just fully dies okay that didn't go like how i thought it was gonna go no shinnok uh really is just a a truly sad and pathetic (laughs) character things just do not go his way that's like Um, the total end of his thing that's the total end of his thing in that timeline (laughs) oh jesus i feel like i'm watching the irishman again yeah yeah uh, (laughs) just when you think it's over uh, don't worry. It's brief. Uh, Shinnok has a history of botching everything, and uh, he just does it again, basically. So the person who makes it to the top of that pyramid winds up being Shao Kahn, this person that Shinnok completely underestimated, who's managed mm-hmm. to hang on through all of this, gets to the top of that pyramid, uh, defeats Blaze, is taking on the power of the one being. Raiden's the only one who could stop him. He's about to smash Raiden's head like a Gallagher watermelon with his warhammer, and uh that's when raiden sends a message back in time and that message is he must win which is way too fucking vague and not (laughs) helpful and so butterfly effect style just like in the classic film the butterfly effect it creates a new timeline where everything's just a little bit different uh as far as shinnok goes things really only change once uh shao khan is defeated in a very different way in this timeline in this timeline shao khan is fully killed right after like mortal Kombat three mm-hmm. so that like competitor to conquer earth is taken off the board a lot earlier in shinnok's story so two years pass and that's when shinnok launches his assault just like before he bursts into the realms big demon army trying to kill people uh and this time he kind of has a new plan in this timeline his plan is to poison the jinsei chamber which is like earth's energy source uh and then eat the uh, somehow he has to poison it and then eat it and then that's gonna make him really strong it's kind of convoluted not a big deal (laughs) so so he's got this big plan and the only person standing in his way is luke kang no of course kang oh it's not dead he's dead in this timeline in this timeline raiden accidentally killed him because he misunderstood oh it's bad he misunderstood the phrase he must win accidentally killed Liu kang Liu kang's gone so in this timeline it's not Liu kang who defeats shinnok johnny cage it's johnny cage i knew it i knew it now you may be asking yourself how does a movie star defeat uh literally an elder god someone who's more of a god than a god yeah the answer is we realize in this timeline Johnny Cage is a descendant of an ancient Mediterranean war cult Fuck that yeah. has <laughs> has special green magic that only comes out when someone you love is in danger. I love that. It makes it's sense. It's great. It's, it makes sense. I, it's beautiful. I love yeah. it. How could you not? So um 
So Johnny Cage defeats Shinnok and traps Shinnok in his own amulet. And in doing so, proves his love to Sonya Blade and they get married and they're happy for like a year and then they get divorced. Um, you, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that actual part of the story? That there's oh, a divorce? Yeah. In, oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah, they have a very unhappy marriage. Johnny wants oh, to... Johnny wants to give up on acting and stay home and raise their daughter, Cassie. And Sonya's like, I have to keep working. I have to protect the realms. Um, and uh, it's a big strain on the marriage and they break up. <laughs> okay. It's like really, it's like really real. Yeah. So, um, Shinnok gets like one more shot, right? He, a couple of years pass, he's still trapped in an amulet. Quan Chi's out there trying to get the amulet free, his big boss. Um, and so there's like a little civil war in Outworld. The metal, the medallion, the amulet kind of bounces around between a few different forces. Melina has it for a while. Kano buys it and like from like the black market. He sells it to Melina. She sells it to like a different person. And ultimately that bug lady I mentioned earlier, Devora, who is mm-hmm. still an agent of Shinnok in this timeline. She insinuates herself into the conflict, gets the amulet, throws it to Quan Chi. Quan Chi with his dying breath frees Shinnok and boom, Shinnok is back. He storms the Jinsei chamber. And this is like 20 years later. He's ready to finally make good and defeat Earthrealm. So in this timeline, he gets to the Jinsei chamber. He corrupts the Jinsei energy. He eats it up. Yum, yum, yum. He becomes like a demon creature thing. He is definitely unstoppable now. Until Cassie Cage, the daughter of Johnny and Sonya, yeah. shows up yeah. and, and uses her Mediterranean war cult magic to uh, kill Shinnok. Uh, well, not kill him. He's kind of unkillable, but defeat Shinnok. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Raiden kind of does the, the parting blow. He, he beheads Shinnok. Uh, and Shinnok's basically a vegetable. His head is just like, and he like carries it around as like a trophy warning people. Uh, don't mess with Earthrealm anymore or I'm going to make you like Shinnok's head. Mm-hmm. And so Shinnok's ultimate fate is that he's in agony forever. Uh, the only like epilogue is that eventually Shinnok's mom, who is a titan of time, this lady named Kronika, uh, who's the villain in Mortal Kombat 11, mm-hmm. she tries, Kronika. yeah, she tries to create a new timeline to like, she says that it's about balancing right and wrong. It's clearly that she misses her, her son, which is related. It's reasonable. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So she tries to make a new timeline where he can succeed. Uh, but she, like her son, totally fucking botches it. And Liu Kang somehow becomes the new steward of time. So there will be a new timeline. Shinnok's almost definitely not going to exist in it. Cause why the fuck would Liu Kang even let Shinnok exist? <laughs> uh, and that's the sad story of Shinnok. Created to be the new big bad after Shao Kahn. Um, and he ultimately just whiffs it every time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sad. That just kept I he should have like a, at least a moment where some good shit happens, but it's yeah. just everything is bad. Yeah, everything it's like bad. with Shinnok and a lot of the here's the thing. In Mortal Kombat, there's a history of characters who have one thing they really want because of some trauma in their past. Or because of the way they were raised. Like Goro. Goro serves a lot of bad guys. Because he wants to impress his dad. Who's a tough king. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Reptile. His entire race was genocided. He's like one of the last ones left. He has severe trauma. Mm-hmm. And so he just wants to serve whoever he thinks is going to win. Yeah. Because that means he won't get hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinnok is 
one of those characters that continues to make mistakes over and over again, who continues to be foisted by his own petard. Um, but there's really no excuses for Shinnok. He's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, there's no higher calling. There's no justice that he's seeking. So of course he loses over and over again. <laughs> that poor guy. Yeah. I feel bad for him. When we get out the phone, I'm going to go turn on Mortal Kombat 11 and I'm going to just play with him. I'm going to set it on whatever the easiest setting is. I'm not even going to turn again. I'm just going to do training. And I'm just going to let him beat the shit out of Johnny Cage for like 25 minutes. Buddy, here's the thing. You can't. Shinnok's not even in Mortal Kombat 11. The only He's... representation he has is that in the background of one level, his severed head is writhing in pain. Oh, shit. Okay, let me go back again. <laughs> let me go to Mortal Kombat 10. I know Here he's in go. one of those. Yes, Mortal Kombat 10. With okay, the weird. 10. Everyone has the weird flat hair. Yeah. That's the one where you can, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know I've seen him in one of the games that we play yeah. as a, like a clickable character. Yes, I'm pretty sure he's playable. If I remember correctly, he's playable. Yeah, I yeah. know he's. It's in one. If it's not eleven, it's definitely ten. Yeah, we have, we have both of those games right now. Yeah, ten was fun. Ten was like horror movie vibes, Mortal Kombat, and then eleven yeah. was like action movie, or like mm-hmm. if if you did an action adventure blockbuster, Mortal Kombat movie, which I guess is coming out like later this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you ever, did you ever see? The one, it was like a, they were trying to get it funded and they did like a 10 minute version with yes. Michael Jai White. Yeah. That's so fucking that was, good. That's good. It was cool. So they actually did make two seasons of a web series based off of that mm-hmm. uh, short. Did yeah. you see any of the stuff they did? No, I just wanted a, a movie version. Yeah. I, didn't, I, yeah. I, didn't want, I don't want to watch it, the TV version. Movie budget would have been nice for sure. <laughs> so they're redoing they're they're doing a new spawn movie right like allegedly i think it keeps falling apart because they had jamie fox was gonna play spawn uh and then i think that fell apart ah um he would have been good he would have been a good he would have spawn yeah i'd like to see like a uh i feel like you could do an animated spawn movie pretty well i mean it doesn't have to be traditionally animated like the hbo show but like a cg for adults like spawn movie yeah be pretty sick I would like a new Mortal Kombat movie. I think that that's really like. They just finished filming one. Wait, did they really? Yes. No, they didn't. Yes. What's it called? Mortal Kombat. I think it's just called Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I don't think they put a subtitle on it. It's it's next year. Oh, Uh, shit. 2021? Yeah. James Wan is producing it. Um, And... uh, I uh, I've read the script, and we can talk about it when we're not recording. <laughs> oh, I don't no, I don't want to know anything that happens in it. Okay, like, don't tell me, don't tell me anything. But okay, so so they it's it's already filmed. James now James Wan is yeah. cool. James Wan is like a name you say, and I go like, oh, this could this. this he's could awesome. Be good. He really works for quality. He really makes sure yeah, that there exactly. is an entertainment value in everything he's working on. Yeah, the screen. Um, I just pulled it up right now. The screenplay. Greg Russo is he one of the Russo brothers? He is not. Oh, he's, he's the a, forgotten Russo. That's a different Russo. Yeah. All right, story. He, uh, Greg Russo is a guy who's he's written a lot of video game movies. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if he's written any movies that have been produced yet. Uh huh. He may he may have. I'm not totally sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see who they got here. Oh shit. Okay. Sub Zero, Melina, Scorpion, Sonya. They Luke did King, get Kano. one of the dudes from the raid to play Sub Zero. Did they really? Yeah. 
Let me see sub zero. Um Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, they got Johannes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Um Fuck yeah. It's a good cast. Yeah, that's great. And uh they, it's an interesting the characters that they're including I find very interesting. Um I think you'll be happy. Some of your favorites are gonna be in there. Fuck yeah. This it's is an interesting great. This take. is great news. Yeah. yeah. This is great news. Um <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that guy's yeah. good. Um I had no yes. idea about any of this. Fuck yeah. You should have <laughs> mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. I'm, it should have been the first thing you said. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start every podcast with, uh, we are X amount of days away from the release in the new Mortal Kombat film. That is exactly um, what you should do. <laughs> now, let me ask you. So uh, with okay. the Mortal Kombat, uh, or sorry, with the Mortal Podcast patrons, I recently watched uh, the the phenomenal cult film, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which of course we all love. Um <laughs> And uh, and we've watched the first Mortal Kombat movie together with that, which I think is genuinely a classic. I I love that movie a it's lot. Great. It's I think it's, it's really the best great. video game movie of all time, honestly. Oh, without without a doubt. Okay, I'm trying you're to make a video game. I'm trying to make a video game movie right now, and very much am working by the rule of like, what did Mortal Kombat do right, uh-huh. and how do and how do I learn the lessons that people have not learned. <laughs> from from video game movies since then how do i how do i not screw up um so uh yeah i uh i do find it interesting so like after mortal kombat annihilation obviously they were like okay so we're good on mortal kombat movies for a while that said there were a couple of attempts at doing a third movie um and this is something i feel like could warrant like an article i'm probably never going to get into it in any great uh amount on the podcast but uh the co-creator of Mortal Kombat, John Tobias, on spec just to see what would happen, wrote uh, an entire screenplay that's like his version of a third Mortal Kombat movie, which he sent me after he came on the show, and it's pretty awesome. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> I really wish it had gotten made, and it, it uses a lot of, in an interesting way, it has a lot of the ideas that they eventually did for Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. It has a lot to do with generations. It has some really cool twists and turns. I was very impressed. Also, uh, Drew McWeeny, who will be a future guest on the show. Uh, I don't know if you know Drew. He's a big like movie journalism guy. He used to write as like Moriarty for uh, Ain't It Cool News like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote a Mortal Kombat movie that I think ultimately, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I think ultimately had a bit to do with like the idea of the Deadly Alliance and maybe predated the Deadly Alliance game. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting to think of like the versions of a third Mortal Kombat movie, like with the same cast or at least part of the same cast we almost got and then ultimately did not. And uh, yeah, no, this new movie is very much like a reboot new take. Yeah. That's Kombat. great. Yeah. That's yeah, very it's going to cool. be interesting. I wish I would have got eco from the raid. He's my yeah. favorite. That's oh, my favorite. he's the best man. God, I love those movies so much. I think he's uh, I think he is legitimately the greatest movie fighter we've ever had. Like ever, like just skill for skill, moment for moment, move for move. I think he can do everything as good or better than anybody else. He's 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 un- unstoppable. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. He's he's amazing. I could literally, and I have watch any of the scenes from the raid, the raid two, any of those fight scenes, just like over and over again, just study every single beat. It's like more the choreo is more impressive than like any dance scene, any, like like. Any, like 
Like three weeks ago, I was hanging out with my with my mom. Uh, my mom and dad were doing like the social distancing thing. So they right. live. They live. Love the segue out of the raid to this, and I'm really w- cannot wait to hear how it comes back around. <laughs> Listen, they they they're they're older now. I mean, they're like in their fifties yeah. or whatever. So they they locked it all down. So they're like, all right, you stay in your house, we'll stay in our house. Nobody's allowed in. Nobody go anywhere. And then we have like two safe spaces that we can move the kids back and forth between because they have a little bit of land and a swimming pool and whatever. Oh, yeah. So anyway, like three weeks ago, we were over there visiting. The kids are, are, are in the backyard swimming. And we were talking about, I was talking with my dad about this movie, Mile 22. Did you ever see Mile 22? Yeah. With Okay, with Mark Wahlberg ago. and Eco? Yeah. Okay. So it was like, I think you could rent it or it was coming up for available rent or whatever. Um, but we were talking about that. And I was like, oh, like this is the guy that I was telling you about because you know he's the the, the the like triple agent in that movie, and I was like, this is the best movie fighter we've ever had in the history of the world. And he was like, there's no way it can't be him. And I was like, let me show you. And we got on. And like they have the smart TV. So I called my mom. Ma, can you come sit down? You need to watch this. This is important. And I pulled up the <laughs> I pulled up the kitchen fight scene. And, oh. And I was like, what? We're gonna watch this whole thing. It's like seven minutes long, and it's just fucking beautifully done. And yep. so it's just so violent and, and, and so great. And we just sat there and watched it. And I was like, see, this is my proof. This is the motherfucking guy. This is the, the guy. Dude. He was yeah. in, he, I'm not misremembering. He was in Force Awakens, right? They like put him in Star Wars, right? I think, I think so. Yeah. He's got but like, they a, didn't really have him do much. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, uh, like, why, why are we here if you're not going to have him do the thing that he's supposed to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I uh, still really, I would like to see him use a lightsaber. I would like to see more martial artists in sci-fi films doing martial arts using the trappings of sci-fi. Like, there's just not enough of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would be great. Him especially, because he can just, he's so, I was so mad when I watched Mile 22, and they have that great fight scene where he's handcuffed to the bed, the hospital bed, mm-hmm. and he's going against the two guys, and they're doing like a bunch of quick cuts, oh yeah and i'm like don't don't fuck it like that's a trick you do when the guy when you're like filming a liam neeson fight and you need to make him look fast you don't have to do that with eco just fucking turn the camera on let him do what he does that should absolutely be the rule like by by law you should be required to just stay wide and let us watch the fucking choreo like that's the point find a cool angle stay there for as long as you can yeah exactly i mean that's yeah um when, so when you said they made a new Mortal Kombat movie, that was like the first, like, oh my God, is Eco in here? Is he somewhere in here? Please yeah. let him be somewhere in here. But we got the other raid guy. We got Johan. Yeah, so yeah. There's I'll time. Take it. I'll I take what I can get. I want to do a franchise, so maybe we'll get some Eco later. Have you seen, by the way, uh, Man of Tai Chi, Keanu Reeves' yes. movie? Yes, yes, yes. I am waiting for someone to use this, the like uh, filming technique he used for those fight scenes again, because mm-hmm. he like developed a whole technology to cover those fight scenes in such a cool way, and like no one's done that again since. That I've seen it, at least. It didn't have like a big breakout moment. It, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like when the Matrix came out and everyone was like, "Oh, we're all gonna do this for a while." Yeah. Or even when like the, when like when John Wick came out and they're like, "Oh, Gung Fu is back!" Like here we right. go again. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, yeah. The Man of Tai Chi. It just sort of showed up. Like I didn't. I don't even remember seeing anything about it. I just remember one day I was like, I, I like I watched the thing and then it popped up on Netflix. Like, oh, you might also like this. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is it? 
Yes, I would like. Hey, yes, I would like this. I absolutely would like this. Yeah, that that movie stuck with me because uh, when I moved to LA when I was an intern, that was one of the first scripts I was given to do like script coverage on, and mm-hmm. it was like a hundred fifty pages long. It was like Perfect. a crazy. It was like Perfect. a fucking book. Yeah, and I was like, Man of Tai Chi by Tiger Chen and Keanu Reeves, what is this? <laughs> and I like plowed through it and I definitely like embarrassed myself because we would have like our weekly read meetings, like the executives and like the other two interns. And it's like you're really not supposed to say much. And I was like, This movie's awesome, like we have to invest, <laughs> we have to do this. Dude, there's like a scene and I'm like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Man. Oh shit! Do you, yeah, do you um you mentioned your you mentioned the the Patreon? There's another Patreon. This this woman, she, I think she works at Vulture still. It's hard to tell with all of the like furloughs and everything oh, that's, right. that that's going on. But she started doing one. She's like my go-to for horror movie stuff and for for fight movie stuff. She's like, oh. this is a person I want to read. But she has a Patreon. Uh, her name is Jordan. I'm not certain how to say her last name. It's like Cruciola or something like that. Jordan Cruciola. Oh, I think I've seen her like on Twitter before, but I don't yeah, know. She, yeah. She, yeah. She's, she's very active on Twitter, but she has like a, 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 a Patreon that I subscribe to and she like goes through all the different fight movies and just talks about like cool, cool shit in oh, there. Shit. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking of it cause you mentioned that like that. You should check that out. You, you would like oh, that. Man. It's really neat. She does like a, a a really neat series. I think it's like finishing moves or something like that. And she would just like she talked about the like the guy from Ong Bok. She talked about like his flying knee. She's oh like, yeah. She, she spent like three thousand ja. words on just the knee. Yeah, and Tony Ja on his oh, knee. And I was like, I gotta oh. read this. Yeah, yeah. She, it's great. It's really good. Oh man, that uh, that rules. I can't believe I you need, were working on life. Man of Tai Chi. That's so cool. Well, you I should. ultimately wasn't. It was like one of those situations where like. You, when you're an intern, you read a million scripts that get submitted at a production company, and then you basically give them a sheet of paper saying, like, here's why you sh- executives should even bother reading this or why uh-huh. you shouldn't. And so I was, like, desperately trying to convince this company that ultimately wound up making, like, two rom-coms and Drive. Like, that was, like, their whole body of work while I was there. Um, but I was, like, trying to make this company invest in, like, this, this uh, martial arts movie. <laughs> and they were like, we're not going to read it. Like, we're not going to make that movie. It's not going to happen. <laughs> what What were the rom-coms that they did? Uh, man, I cannot remember. One was with, I want to say, Alexa Vega, maybe? Uh-huh. Um, and was, like, about someone with money and someone without money. <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> and then... Uh, I can't even remember what the second one was. I mean, when you're an intern, you're there for like three months. It feels like forever, but you're not even there for like the beginnings of the production of any movie. So, but Man of um, Tai Chi stuck with you. It did. It did. It was a very special time for me. I was fresh in LA. I was getting to read a Keanu Reeves martial arts book disguised as a screenplay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. From from here going forward, just some some feedback. Start every podcast with that. I read That's the script for Man of Tai Chi. There's a Mortal Kombat <laughs> movie going. All right, let's yeah. get started. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into Those it. Those are um, two very important pieces of information you just threw an hour <laughs> an hour into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes you get there. It's all about, you know, the road. Uh, and, and it's not always about the destination. Except, okay. I guess, in the medium of entertainment, in which case it, like, totally is. And Yeah, yeah that's where we should have started. Um, <laughs> one quick recommendation, by the way, before we wrap things up, since you yeah. do love fight films, uh, have you ever seen the movie Crippled Masters? I have not seen Crippled Masters. Okay, so it's a real curio. It's kind of an exploitation movie, but it's pretty astounding to watch. 
it is a it is a classic uh, martial arts film where it's literally a guy with no arms and literally a guy with no legs fighting together. No shit. Um, yeah. All right. And it's gotta... amazing. It's incredible what the like physical feats that they 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 pull off in this movie. It's really cool to watch. I'm gonna it, check again, that it's out. like a little like exploitive, but it's they're they're also like this it's a starring vehicle for those two dudes and it's not not as gross as you might expect of a film from that era about two uh two two amputees, but um it's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna check that out. Let me it's very let me, cool to watch, me... yeah. I'll throw one recommendation to you because I just came across this and you, I, I don't even know why I'm saying this because the, the TV shows that you work on, I'm certain you have already heard of this and you probably <laughs> love this, but I just started watching it. My guy, Micah Peters, who, who occasionally will write about anime for the ringer. Uh, we were talking about anime stuff and he was like, Oh, you need to check out one punch man. And then he described yeah. it to me and I was like, I just, I just started watching it. Don't say anything if you've already seen it. Cause I'm only, I haven't, like the, I'm actually okay, about okay, to start okay. it. What are you, what are you watching it on? Uh, I might, I might, hold on. Micah, Micah sent me a thing. I'll, I'll email it to you. Cause I don't know if this was like what we're supposed to be talking about at this particular moment, but I'm going <laughs> to, no, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. but one punch man is fucking cool. It's yeah. I gotta cool. check it out. I'm, uh, I'm working on a, uh an unannounced kung fu series right now so Let's i'm go. diving i'm diving real deep into everything is it an animated like, an animated kung fu series it is yeah okay it's gonna be cool i'm psyched are you, are you gonna give us any more any more i'm legally not allowed okay <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully they'll announce it soon i feel like it's a it won't be surprising to anyone that it exists hopefully it'll be cool to the people who listen that i'm involved Awesome. Um, uh, yeah. Hulu. Hulu is, is where Hulu. One Punch okay. Man is. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will be checking that out real soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. People have been telling me to watch it for years and I just haven't gotten around. I, for a long time, I just like wasn't into anime for whatever reason. And then uh, I, I, I've never been an anime guy either. I, yeah. I like I just started um, and Micah mentioned that one. He like gave me the rundown and I was like, that sounds pretty incredible. Let me check yeah. this out. There's definitely been like a shift in my brain in the last like five years where I'm like, I get it now. I'm in. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I got to check it out. All right. So before we wrap things up, do you have any last thoughts on Shinnok other than feeling real sorry for him? <laughs> no, I feel bad for poor Shinnok. I mean, a, a lot yeah. of the shit, he, de- he deserved it. He stepped out of line. This is like a very clear example of you need to know what your role is in a situation. Yeah. And if you get, if you get out of that role, like it's, it's going to end, end bad for you. So. Sorry Stay for my lane. guy Shinnok. Yeah, you're an elder god. Like you're an elder be god. an elder Fucking god. Be happy. Relax. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, cool. Well, that brings us then to our last segment, a segment which is called "Choose Your Destiny," in which I ask you, Shay, if you existed in the world of Mortal Kombat, with its many creatures, its many uh, cults, its many sects, its many clans, who would you be? What would you be? What would your fatality be? Who would Shay Serrano be in the world of Mortal Kombat? Wait, do I have to pick? Am I picking like a character from Mortal Kombat? I'm going to be no. You this are character? fully designing. You're creating a new character. Oh, right oh, now. I got it. I got it. Who are who are you in your hearts of heart? Heart of hearts <laughs> in, the world, in the world of Mortal Kombat. In the world of Mortal Kombat, in my hearts of hearts, I am a two punch man, where I punch you twice and then you die. <laughs> so you got to get the second one in, or it's not going to work out. One punch does nothing, but the second one, it's like the it's like the from Kill Bill Volume Two. 
exploding oh, yeah. exploding heart technique like if i don't five get all five of those if i don't get technique. off uh, uh, if i don't get my two punches in you're fine but if i get those two it's a wrap it's a wrap for you dude i want i kind of want to steal that to be honest because that's a great narrative device that adds a lot of tension you get the first punch in and you're like ah he just needs to get the one punch and it's one like more. Is gonna get there so like are you in that in that world then are you like one of earth's chosen warriors are you like rolling with the are you, are you at the shaolin temple are you training there are you a ninja are you with sub-zero's clan like why are you a, a two punch two punch man uh, th- you know what this sounds this sounds like like a bad um idea for a character so i guess i gotta be i gotta be part of shinnok's dark army like we're gonna oh, die hell yeah you know what i'm saying like we are fated to lose sign me up for that camp i don't i don't have the integrity <laughs> i can't stand like shoulder to shoulder with Liu kang i don't have i don't have a pure heart so i'm gonna be over up, here you've grown up in hell <laughs> You, you've uh, you've always had one skill, which is like when it comes to torturing people down in hell, it's giving them that one punch and then just waving your fist around. And going, exactly. Soon, exactly. that second one, but you yeah. won't know when. It's right. like in the then, it's like in the Princess Bride when the Dread Pirate Roberts is. I was like, I'm going to kill you in the morning every single day. <laughs> he just keeps on saying it. That's going to yeah. be me. And then and then Shinnok is like, Hey, bring me the two punch guy. Buddy, I feel like we've got a bright future ahead. <laughs> You're in Wait, the, Brotherhood of Shadow. Let's do this, this. This is how this is how it gets set up. Like you show up in hell and it's like fire <laughs> everywhere, torture all over the place. But if you come to like my station, I'm just standing there and I just pa give you one shot in the shoulder. Perfect. And you're like, is that is that it? That's all I got? And they're like, Yeah, you're done for the day. And then you go back to your room, like your little motel room, and there's like a pamphlet. On, on the nightstand like at a hotel and it explains two punch man and then mm. that's when you realize oh fuck i already got one punch one more and it's like terrible <laughs> for me and then yeah and then every go. day is just a never-ending anxiety of, of when's it, that second punch coming around it's like high school it's all genius. over again i'm just walking by you and then i do like this and you're like oh my god and then that's it <laughs> <laughs> It's great because the fatality really writes itself. It's like an extended montage where you walk away from the fight and then you see that person living the rest of their life, like getting married, having kids, <laughs> and then and then you pop up and boom, second punch, you're done. <laughs> boom, it's a wrap. <laughs> right, write it, write it like your first child's high school graduation. It's right before their name gets called. You've been there for right two and before. a half hours. <laughs> you're so bored. You're just waiting and then boom, you don't even get there. I love it. Uh, Shay, thank you for being a great guest. <laughs> Having a fantastic Choose Your Destiny, helping us kick off the fourth season of the show. Yes. If people want more Shay Serrano in their lives, where can they find it? They can find me in the nether realms. Uh, go to, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm just on Twitter at Shay Serrano. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Who among us? It's easy. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, those of you listening know it's the same for me, at Ben Meckler, M-E-K-L-E-R, no C, just like combat. Uh, and, uh, also I recommend you check out the second season of Kipo, which, uh, has premiered. It's on Netflix, uh, worked hard on it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Shay, any last thoughts? No. Also go watch Kipo. We, we, we started watching it after it, it popped up. It was like, it was on one of the screens, you know, how you leave Netflix alone. Like we were talking about with Mortal yeah. Kombat stuff like Kipo came up cause one of the, cause Parky, the younger one was like on Netflix kids and it popped up and I was like, Oh shit, that's what we're watching. Hell this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Did you so, start congrats. watching the second season already? Congrats for that. We did. We Thank did. You. We did start watching it. So he's Hope all over it. it. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, thank you, audience. And as always, finish him. <laughs>